You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. This is Soul Power to the People podcast, and I am excited to have Julie Nelson with us. And we're going to talk about a variety of things from being hunted as a witch to rising up in your power and really opening up to the pleasures of life. I I just want to set that up because um, when we were talking earlier to set up the appointment with Julie, I came across a powerful meme and it says, why were we taught to be afraid of the witches and not the people who burned them alive? So what is the real crime here? Is it witchcraft? Is that the crime? Or burning people at the stake, hanging them for something that is natural to us, um, I believe is a the crime against humanity, because without this power, we've, we've been disconnected from our own power. And that's what Julie is going to talk to us about um, and how to really unlock that pleasure and power and really connect us. And I believe this is how we return the soul power to the people. Welcome, Julie. Hello, hello. It's exciting to be here, Tess. I'm excited about this. Yeah, and uh, Julie, you you're an educator. Uh, you're also you have a program called Rich Witch. You've been called Rich Witch. You've been called Perfume Goddess. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit more about yourself um, and uh, witchcraft. Is that something that we need to be scared about? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, <laughs> No. And it's interesting because um, this is not a fad for me. I've been like this since I was a wee lass and have been called a witch all my life. So and it's actually written in my stars astrologically. And there's been times where I've put it away and then, you know, come back out depending on what's been going on in my life. So this is Um, I guess uh, professionally this started about 30 years ago when Mm -hmm. I had my daughter and um, she was born with a life-threatening condition, continental life-threatening condition, then at uh, six months diagnosed with a second. And I was, of course, a fierce mama of course, wanting to yeah, wanting to um, bring in everything that I could because over her life she's nearly, you know, passed over several times, and this was um, how I got into natural therapies. So I started studying aromatherapy, mm. and yeah clinical aromatherapy and that was also the beginning of really really stepping into um, my witchcraft I formed a coven in Sydney so we're talking in the early 90s um, that I formed the coven with some fellow aromatherapists and we would meet on the full moon and do spells and um, eat and be merry. And we were all very much about, as people are, that anybody that goes into any type of medicine, uh, they want to heal people. And they want to help heal people because we can't actually do it ourselves. It's the people. We're facilitators, we're educators, we're teachers. And so it was powerful and we used to celebrate the season. So coming back to the witchcraft back in the day, like in the ancient times, we were, we were women mostly in, in um, our, our, our cultures that, 
you know, lived in little cottages at the edge of a forest or in a forest. And we were the natural healers, you know, using Mother Earth to help people with herbs and, and bush foods and all kinds of different remedies. And really basically to cut it short, it was, they became people that were feared because they didn't align with the church the patriarchy, the politics. And so mm-hmm. witchcraft was born, evil witchcraft, I might add, was born through Christianity. And, um, you know, there's a lot of information out there that you can um, tap into. And one of my first books that I ever read was The Power of the Witch by a woman called Laurie Cabot, who is an a witch of a very long time in Salem. So, um, and she's very well known in this field and there are many witches that are, this is not something new. However, there is a rising of witches currently and I do feel, and I may upset some people in saying this, but it's my truth and my feeling that there's a bit of a fad And um, I also think that, you know, like a trend, people want to jump on, but they don't take it seriously. It's a fad. It's a bit of fun. And I'm seeing um, people that like, you know, where can I start? There's so much. So let's start at the um, where witches can be named white witches, gray witches, or black witches. I mean, that's modern. That, and I don't, I don't work with that. I don't align with that. A witch is a witch. And in ancient times, uh, a witch is simply a person who wanted to, she was a healer. He was a healer. In the Native American Indians, they had shamans, medicine men. In um, the Celts, they had, you know, the the Druids and all of their healing people. So it's it's all over the world in different cultures, named differently. And when I talk about I don't align with the white witch, the grey witch, the, the the dark witch, the black witch, it it doesn't really exist in true witchcraft. And there may be witches that will come on and go, I disagree, I disagree. But where do you think the white, the gray and the dark or the black witch came from? Came from Christianity. And some witches like to dabble in all of those realms. So when people say to me, oh, I hope you're a white witch, because I've never in my whole life that I can remember ever not said, I'm a witch, like I've always from a little girl and I was always called a witch Um, and not always in a derogatory way, um, might I add, and sometimes I was. So um, for me, when people say to me, are you a white witch or I hope you're a white witch, I go, that doesn't align with me because it's not a part of my belief system in witchcraft because for me, a witch is a witch. And if you look at the witch's creed, the witch's rule, it's to never do harm to another. Never do harm to another. It's all about doing good. And for me, it is a lifestyle. It's not a fad. It's it's a lifestyle. It's who I've been and how I've lived for my whole life. You only have to speak to my sisters who will always say, Julie's always been like this, you know, like it's I'm very, you know, different to all of my family. And it's been joked about and laughed about, but also taken um, seriously and also with respect it's it's who I am and it's never had to be hidden and my parents were um, agnostic um, and not that they ever ever talked about it like I never heard my parents 
um, talk about or put down Christianity or anything like that. It was always about you make up your mind, whatever you choose to do. If you want to go to church and become a Christian, then we'll support you. If you want to do something else, we'll support you. And that's how we grew up. And um, um, and I've always had a massive, like, I felt like I'm a part of the sky, like the stars and the moon, and it's always fascinated me, I, you know, forever, you know, if I wasn't gazing out a window, I was standing under the stars and moon in awe and just feeling like I could reach out and, and touch or grab it, and it's the magic that I feel <clears throat> under there so I'm I'm what's considered an eclectic which I don't follow one mm. rule or one path I should say and I take what works for me and what aligns for me and you know a big part of my my craft is astrology and aromatherapy so I'm a, a clinical aromatherapist of coming up to 27 years and I lectured professionally in aromatherapy for 13 years in Sydney and two of mm -hmm. our leading colleges there at the time and this was all about you know clinical aromatherapy is and doing aromatic medicine you know working to heal the body but what happened was and I worked you know with my daughter who responded so well to it all um, but within that, I incorporated always the ritual and intention and meditation. And, you know, I brought in spiritual, um, energetic, you name it, I brought it into the healing for her, for her survival, because basically she was fighting for her life and I was fighting for her life and fighting systems, you know, and like hospitals and schools and, you know, back then in the 80s and 90s it wasn't easy and there was not the support that you have today and right. um, yeah there just wasn't and so it was like and I remember when I just thought because people used to say there's help out there there's help out there and I remember one day just going there isn't not the help that I need and that was because my daughter's condition was rare and it wasn't recognized. Cancer was uh -huh. recognized and things like that. But because my daughter had a, um, you know, conditions like that, my daughter had a, a rare condition. It actually wasn't recognized under the government system for help. Oh, interesting. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, and you were able to help her recover or um yes. of course and she's she's still around definitely it yes. works whatever that healing is yeah she's just turned 33 she uses both orthodox and natural medicine and yes. you know it's something i believe strongly there's a place for both and that's how i used to teach um you know, if she hadn't have had the surgery on the day after she was born, she probably would have died. And then there's been other surgical procedures she's had that have have really helped to improve her life. So um, that's really important to know there is a place for both. And one of my dreams has always been to bring the two together to have a holistic treatment because you know um, medicine pharmaceuticals is not always the answer as we know and personally I feel now that many um, um, people from the medical world as in the pharmaceutical world are trained only for that and so they have no that um they don't have the openness to invite natural medicine in. And I might add that it's the same for many natural therapists, because as a mother with a child that was, you know, we were fighting for her survival up to the age of 20, really, and up to the age of 15, we lived in hospital 50% of her life. So 
I was forever being told by the hospital and I, I had been accused once of being a very neglectful mother because I was focused on natural therapies. And I actually had that nurse banned from being around my daughter for two years because if she had have looked at Amy's history, she, um, she would have realised that I've, you know, and most nurses knew and they used to say to me, she survived because of you because I fought and I fought hard. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things and like, and, and vice versa, where I had students that would come and say to me that were studying naturopathy or even some lecturers that said, if you brought her to me, she wouldn't have to go in hospital. And I just thought, you don't know what you're playing with. And honestly, if I can swear here, I told them all to fuck off. Right. And I have a great respect for natural therapies. That's what I am passionate about for the past 27 years as a professional. Right. But it's not about playing games. Oh, not about playing games, not about the fad, not about the fun and play. And put but the real healing. Side. Put the ego to the side and look at what is best for each individual. Yeah. And so this is where witchcraft comes in as well. It's powerfully healing because what we do, so I work mostly with women and you're going to find that I'm going to divert around because there's so much to share. I have 33 years of, you know, experience with being a mother of a child with a life-threatening condition. Well, actually two and um, and other conditions that have popped up and stayed through all different things. And I do believe that some of them are because of the medications she's been on. And I'm, I'm not afraid to say that because it was damned if you do and damned if you don't. It was like she's, she could die and she could survive. What do I do? Right. And, and I had to fight with myself as well to go against some of my own belief systems because it truly was about survival. And I do believe there are repercussions for that. And I have no doubt, you know, with other conditions that have popped up for her. So coming back to um, the witchcraft aspect of it. So for me, when my daughter became independent, I had a meltdown. I had a breakdown. I hadn't slept for nearly 20 years. Like I survived on two and three hours sleep most nights. And um, I think, you know, in about a space of 15 years, I may have only a handful of times slept for five hours. And Mm -hmm. so... By the time she became independent and had this most divine partner that they're still together, he said to me one day, it's my turn to take care of Amy now. It's your turn to live your life. And one, that was really hard because it's really hard for a mother to let go (laughs) because you think you're the only one that can do it. And two, it was almost like my body, my mind, everything did let go and I fell down. And I fell down and I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue, severe anxiety, severe depression, um, fibromyalgia, you name it, I had it. But I never let it stop me. Mm -hmm. And it was like I didn't become a victim of it. It was like I'm... I'm a strong woman. I'm a warrior woman. And this is also when I start, I'm I'm bringing other elements in here, understanding myself and knowing myself through knowing, learning and studying astrology and being an astrologer. I knew myself. I knew my blueprint. And so with all my different archetypal energies, I could tap into the different ones that I needed at any given moment. And I still do that. So my Aries South Node, which is the warrior woman, she was in full possession while we were living in and out of hospital 50% of our lives. Right. I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Yeah. And so with, with me going through these experiences and then being in a very toxic relationship that was devastating to my daughter and myself, and I did get out of it, 
um, it was like, oh, it just went from one thing to another. And so my aim was to work with women, mm-hmm. to rise unapologetically, to unleash the essence of who they are. And this is where witchcraft and astrology and aromatherapy came in, like working with natural perfumery because it has a direct link to our limbic brain and also our nervous system. I love that. I love that you you said that unleash our essence because when they burned women to the ground and mostly those witches are women and really they are healers, right? When they did that, they seeded some, they seeded fear into the Mm -hmm. collective psyche so that um, even myself, when I was doing this work and I did my uh, Facebook lives to step into visibility, right? And, and just be comfortable owning my own power and not, you know, not second guess myself, not be shy and all that. The biggest fear that came out of that exercise of going Facebook lives, this was a few years ago now, um, even before you and I met, was the fear of persecution. Mm. And I'm like, wow, where did, where did that came from? <laughs> I wasn't, but it's, it's in there in the collective psyche that's healing um, for everyone to one, the real crime here is the disconnecting yes. from our true essence, making something wrong, making our natural ability to heal ourselves wrong and criminal. Yes. And I, I want to emphasize this uh, for the listeners because this show is all about bringing awareness on crimes against humanity and anything that is done coming down our consciousness, anything that is disconnecting us from our soul, from our essence, from our light, um, that is my intention is why did they make witchcraft wrong? And they didn't stop there. They actually burned and hanged women who practice. And I don't know, really, I'm not sure about the history of it. And I'm so very glad that you shared that from the very start, you were not stopped at doing what you're doing whereas yeah yeah not by my parents Mm -hmm. yeah my I know my mom is a natural healer too but she has some doubts about it because you know um it was called quackery you know quack medicine Mm -hmm. back in Mm -hmm. the Philippines um so it's it's not the same terminology but from what I got from what you said about which craft is all about healing uh you know it's called many different names healer shaman medicine man so yeah so tell us about reconnecting back to this essence so you talked about aromatherapy um so is that kind of like um the essential oils that's available right now Yes, and and I'm just going to take a step back too because in the history of witchcraft, it wasn't just women that were healers; men were too, and it was also wealthy people that didn't that had nothing to do with it. But because they didn't align to the belief of the church and agree with the politics, they were thrown in jail and the key basically thrown away, as were many women and men for just opposing you know, the, the mm-hmm. church, really. So, um, and that, that was the big part of it. But so for, um, for me with my work, there's, I have, I always say perfume, intention and ritual. So we're using the perfume mm-hmm. to um, create potent shifts in our mind our psyche our mind moods and emotions and strengthen our nervous system and I'll talk about this in a minute if you remind me about what is healing our sacred sensuality and then um, 
Um, so we have a clear intention. So we have a perfume, like I create a perfume. I've got four perfume collections, or you might use a single essential oil, and then you apply it. You have um, an intention. So you apply your perfume. So, for example, if you were using an anointing oil, you apply it, you inhale it, to direct link into the limbic system. And in there, there's the thalamus, the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus is the control center of digestive activity, some hormonal production and release, feelings such as sexual feelings and anger, body temperature, whole number of things. So just through the power of smell, we can affect, have a powerful effect on our physiological being. Wow. So it's like, if you walk into your favorite restaurant and you smell delicious food, what happens on a physiological level? Oh, yeah, I salivate right away. Salivate and you feel more hungry. So that's the power of smell and scent. So you have that intent, um, smell your perfume. You have an intention and it could be something as, I am a phenomenal, sexy woman. Right. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Damn right, I am. And then you and you say it with conviction, and it's good to write it down as well because it uses different parts of the brain. Right. So it, it, it strengthens the neural pathways. And then you inhale again, and you allow it to settle, and the scent anchors that into your brain, and that mm. is your ritual. Now, how simple is that to do? every day throughout the day to retrain the brain to come to the place that you desire to be and that is helping you know there's a lot more you know we can go into so much death with rituals and spell crafting and working with the moon phases so that we're energetically aligned to the energies that are around us at any given time because it is written in the stars and then you know tapping into the elements earth air fire water and working with all of those because we are we consist of all of those mm -hmm. so we're mm -hmm. it's it's all all one it's really really powerful and um so when i talk about so we've been talking about um the disconnection of women because i work mainly with women but men can do this as well you know it's just that i've always attracted the women and often with the psychological emotional and the lack of self-esteem which is what i lived as well i lost all my worth and my confidence and i had no self-love for several years you know more than several years whereas now it's like fuck i love the woman that i am today because of the experiences that i've been through doesn't mean to say i don't fall down i'm a strong water person you know and water people can go deep down into their deepest darkest emotions and then when they emerge it's like watch out baby like there is nothing more powerful so, you know, and my life is like that, you know, it's, it's interesting, but I understand it. And um, so when we talk about women being disconnected, I always mm -hmm. have like, I love working with Lilith. So my modern version of Lilith, because Who's Lilith, for those who don't know who Lilith, Lilith is, Lilith is <clears throat> um, I'm just about to explain Lilith is the dark goddess whom um, doesn't have a great um, explanation when you Google her. In fact, most women fear her and they go, oh my God. So she's the suppressed woman. What she was is the woman. So this is my modern Julie's, Julie's version of Lilith, right? Because for me, she resides in our lower chakras, our base chakra and sacral chakra. She is our sexual power. And when I say sexual power, it's not just about using sex. She is the completeness of us. So when I work with Lilith, Lilith has known as the demon woman, the bloodthirsty, blood-sucking vampire woman, you know, mm -hmm. the, the dark witch. She's the woman that was you know patriarchy in the church 
they didn't like women that stood up. So, you know, those women were suppressed. And for me, it's like so pushed down so deep that they don't know how to unleash her or they're terrified to unleash her because she's evil. So for me, Lilith is our core essence of power. Mm-hmm. And even when I talk about her, I feel her rising up and out. And it's like visualizing yourself standing, right. rising unapologetically. And sex is another thing that was made wrong, right? It's it's our natural, you know, <laughs> it's so natural, but yet, you know, don't do that, don't do this. It's a sin. Um, so Christianity... there's a lot of projections against God, against um, our own divinity, because one, they separated us from what is most natural and instinctual, and we learn to doubt ourselves. Um, How can we rise up if we're disconnected from our own sexual power? And and when when we are disconnected from our sex, what happens? Perversion, right? Perversion. That's that's what happens, and 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 we see that in churches uh, all through history, uh, because mm-hmm. they've made that wrong. So, but that's not the subject. But I just just want to see it. You know, all the many things that were made wrong, but it's really our natural essence, and it's time to claim all those parts back, right? Absolutely, embody also, them, embody them, in, and embody Lilith. Because it's like if we if we are you know just an example the ego we're constantly being taught to oh just you know kill the ego but if we don't embrace the ego we also don't evolve and grow and then the ego for me anyway my teaching the ego needs to be loved to death so that it reunites with the soul and then you you have that access to your soul power. And one other thing that I just want to make comment on, you said you were high and low like that. And the beauty of what uh, we're doing here for consciousness, uh, consciousness work, right? Uh, Really expanding our awareness, our lows really uh, serve as our growth and expansion. If we don't grow, we die, literally, right? So, but what's happening is once you mm, get comfortable in the darkness, once you get comfortable in the low of the low and the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, you are stronger. You have that space to hold your soul and then your soul soul grows stronger and stronger. Um, Then your soul uh, holds you in the dark. And that's when you said, earlier, I just want to highlight it. That's when you said, I'm powerful, because you actually know, recognize your own soul. So I just want to say, say that and highlight that. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's, yes. And it's when, so when we, um, a lot of people call it our shadow self, and I'm just going to use that term for here, because people will be um, familiar with it. So when it's like anything, we we have the um, the black, the white, the day, the night, the yin, the yang. Um, it's like embracing all of it, and rather than coming from a disempowered aspect of it, when we embody and embrace it, honor it, and understand it, we come from an empowered right. space a very empowered sacred space. It's like reacting versus responding. We want to respond. We want to come from an empowered place, not disempowered. Disempowered is where the anger and the hate and the spitting and the, you know, all of that icky stuff comes. Whereas when we come from that powerful, empowered state, it's like, Honestly, I don't give a fuck what other people think about me. So what I'm going to say is I do give a fuck, but I don't give a fuck. Does that make sense? I don't hurt anymore like I used to. I'm not, and I'm an incredibly sensitive being. 
But what I know about me is that I always come from a place of good for the good of all. And I know that that is in my core. So nothing can take me down with that because I I have that. But it's taken me many years. And like I said, Mm -hmm. that's not about not having good days or good periods in my life. It just means that I know I'm always going to get through it. I know that I can achieve what I want to achieve. Sometimes it takes me longer and that's the same for everybody. So it's not being in that defeatist. It's being like, I'm fucking doing this and I'm moving forward and there is nothing that is going to stop me. It's like, and that is to me the power of the witch. When we fully embrace our femininity, our sacred, sensual, sexual essence of being, Mm -hmm. we rise unapologetically. And the other thing is, one of the things is losing, letting go of the judgment, which astrology has taught me. Because, you know, and... Um, so judgment from a disharmony or unhelpful place. So everything has that light dark. And it's like when I work with Lilith, you know, both Lilith and Venus, you bring them together. They're in our charts. So we've got the dark and the light. We've got Lilith. We've got Venus. And when I say dark, I'm not talking about evil. It's just a different aspect. It's a di- we, we, have, we have different archetypal energies within us and we change. And um, so we bring the two. And it, I look at Lilith as the woman that rises up and she stands firm, you know. She's just like, I'm here to speak my truth. And... Venus is there, who is all about love, beauty, abundance, prosperity, birthing of ideas. Now, when you meld those two together, can you feel the power and the beauty and the essence of what they bring? Yes. And I want to share something else, if I may. There's, um, I love, I, I discovered Um, I've been working with the red goddess of Babylon um, and I really love her. So, you know, the whore of Babylon, the woman in red. And it was interesting because, um, and I have a story behind this, and this is about witchcraft as well, um, that um, I was was at a um, dance class a few weeks ago and um, one of the ladies there heard me talk about, oh, I love the red goddess of Babylon. I'm really tapping into her and I can feel it here. And she said, oh, my God, you don't want to be working with the whore of Babylon energy. And I went, why not? And then I talked about courtesanes because I created a perfume called courtesane around based around the story of Veronica Franco who from the 15th 16th century was the most revered courtesan in Venice and she was also a poet and she was accused of witchcraft when the the plague hit and she got off and it was like courtesans were the most I'm not saying go out and be a prostitute I mean what is a prostitute you know I mean the way in archetypal energy it's about giving yourself away but I don't see it as that because courtesans were the most powerful educated women that existed because they were allowed to read allowed allowed to read they were allowed to go into the men's library They could write, they could dance, they could sing, they could play instruments. So why the fuck wouldn't you want to tap into that archetypal energy and really embody the power that those women had? And again, I'm not talking about having sex. I'm talking about being a woman and not needing permission to be who you are either, by the way. And if you wanna, if you wanna find out a little bit about Veronica Franco, watch the movie um, 
It used to be called a destiny of her own. It's now called dangerous beauty. Of course, it's been Hollywoodized. But where she's accused of a witch, you know, where she's in the, the Inquisition, like that is powerful. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of fun. It's a bit of cheek. It's a bit of, it's a love story. The costumes and jewelry are fantastic. But witchcraft has come into that. It's the power of woman. Right. Well, here, um, well, as, as you were saying that, the dangerous beauty, right? So I think women are so powerful even from the earlier days mm-hmm. and and got dumbed down, got severely limited and were made wrong. And so we're we're finding our essence, we're finding our expressions, we're finding our power. And I love what you're saying. It's it's like bringing every pieces of us back to our life, whether it's Veronica, whether it's Lilith, we are many different infinite expression. We are. And whoever that is, um, you're going to talk about archetypes and such. I talk about just, you know, the wholeness of it uh, and, and not making any parts of ourselves wrong. I, I go by no parts left behind. So if every little piece of us, every aspect, every dimension, we need to bring it back. And then that's, that's where the power is. And so thank you for that. And, and if we don't tap into that, our dangerous beauty, how so sad is that to not ever experience ourselves as the powerful being that we are, as the sensuous. You're, you were going to talk about um, sacred sensuality sensuality sacred sensuality so the, which is what i work with and also remind me just to mention a few examples of what i've witnessed in the last few weeks in um, rich witch in my academy with some women that have been tapping into their power because they're really good stories but sacred sensuality when so when we honor and own fully our beautiful sensual sexy selves Mm-hmm. It is the beginning to healing our nervous system. Wow. We begin to feel more confident, more worthy. We have more self-love. And So you mean we don't need a vaccine? I'm kidding. Go ahead. Keep going. That's right. <laughs> and... And, and I was actually well, I was thinking of something before and I should have written it down because it was regarding that, oh, women being suppressed, fear-mongered, fear-mongered so that they naturally suppress themselves, exactly. which is we're seeing this globally right now. And so yes. when we really honour our sacred sensual selves and, you know, there's beautiful rituals that you can do and, you know, um, honouring the core of your being, not just this thing. And believe you me, I've had issues. I used to be an amazing dancing figure and then, you know, going through menopause and having babies, I I blossomed (laughs) in many ways physically. (laughs) I'm a very voluptuous, voluptuous woman, you know, with lots of wobbly bits. And that's okay, you know. Because within me, I have that inner strength and I, I am a very sexy, sensual woman. And if anybody doesn't agree, I don't care because I know it now. I never used to, you know, so it's really cool. And it's just like, and when you're in that place, I'm getting goosebumps. People feel your energy and you begin to be that magnet. Yes. And they want what you've got. Yes. They want to feel like they can't quite put their finger on it. And it's, you know, um, I'm often teased. Look, I've got really strong Scorpio in my chart. And Scorpio Uh is all about sex, money, and transformation. And all my Libra that is ruled by Venus sits in the house of Scorpio. So I I was born to be a witch. witch. I was born to be a sexy beast, you know, and I love it. And and that's okay. And sexy and sensuality, it's many, many levels of being, you know, 
and right. um, and there's so many rituals. So honoring your sensual self, mm -hmm. every part of your being, as you were saying, and that's emotionally, psychologically, physiologically, spiritually, energetically, every particle of your being extending from your body as well. Mm -hmm. When you own that, you walk into a room and people notice you. They feel you. And, and hard to control, right? Hard to control yes. and manipulate. Yes. And I know, like, so when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I was so suppressed. I had no self-love mm -hmm. and I couldn't. I would go out and I couldn't walk to a toilet in a public place by myself because I, I couldn't handle being looked at. Because mm. wow. now it's like, get out of my fucking way. I'm moving through, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I was similar. Many, many, you know, little baby steps that then all accumulated over time. I had no idea for, and, and I thought I was a confident woman. I thought I was confident. I, I was able to raise my children all by myself and all that. And, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, burnout, depression, dark night of the soul. And I had no idea there was more of me wanting expression, wanting full expression. And then I realized, you know, it's our soul power wanting to be actualized. And that is our role why 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 are we here not oh, so yes, much to, yes. to to do whatever other than to self-actualize to experience ourselves as god divinity goddesses that we are that was made wrong mm -hmm. um beginning you know with right the, back when right with back religion when. yeah yeah Re yeah and um it's it's just so powerful like <sighs> i i find myself waking up every day even on on my shittiest days and i can have a cry but i wake up and i go life is so good mm -hmm. because that's how i feel about myself mm -hmm. yeah and one of the things that I have learned, you know, and being a strong water person, and this is also part of my witchiness, you know, like my magic, my healing, is that, you know, being a strong water person, astrologically, like having strong water, it's all about feelings and emotions. So we're right. very strong empaths, very strong intuition. I never used to know that I carried other people's feelings. Oh, yeah. affected me so deeply. I mean, I do now and have done for mm -hmm. a long time, but I didn't understand it. And so being able to discern your feelings and somebody else's or the energy that's around you is really important. And also strong water people have a high, higher, um, I don't want to say risk, I can't think of another word. We tend to go into depression more easily and can go very deep and it's very hard to get out, especially Scorpio. Because yeah, water is all about emotions, right? Yes. And so the thing is, is to learn how to come out of that. So where when I was really young, it might take me weeks or even months. Now it can be an hour or two hours or a day mm -hmm. and I know what to do I have the tools to use to mm -hmm. pull myself up because I'm not going to pretend that life is fantastic for me every single day every hour of the day because it's not but what I do is I have the knowledge I have the understanding I have years and years of um, experience and I have worked with, literally with thousands of women over my 27-year period of doing what I do with the aromatherapy, with being a lecturer, a mentor, a workshop facilitator, a speaker. So I've, I've done it all mm -hmm. and it's amazing. And coming back to the witches, I wanted to share a couple of examples 
Um, so there's, um, and of course, no names, and, and I won't go through the whole story because that not, is not necessary, but um, in my um, Rich Witch um, community, you know, um, one woman, you know, going through a separation and divorce um, after being in that marriage for over 20 years and mm. um, recently discovering that her husband was actually in a relationship with somebody else mm -hmm. for wow. many, many of those years. And she was, people say we're never broken, but I do believe we can be broken in spirit in, um, to a degree. Um, and because I've been there. And so it's just a belief system. And I guess it depends on what you mean by the word broken, you know, how do right. we have, you know. So anyway, but she started off and um, was very, um, very, open about all the negative stuff in her life and all I kept saying to her in comments is mind your language mind what you were saying to yourself because your word is your wand so what we think and what we speak we create we know that thought is energy energy is matter so it it exists yeah and she started to shift and you know I had a few private conversations with her you know, because she'd reach out to me and I invited her to connect in with me. I'm happy to, you know, have a chat. And she has gone in a few weeks from being focused on all the things that have gone wrong and she doesn't know how to sort it to rising unapologetically. And the stuff she is posting and commenting now is the complete opposite. And she's going... I am a sexy goddess. I am a witch. I am quintessential, you know, because I put up, you know, key, um, the alphabet with um, and get everybody to write key um, intentions or positive words. Right, right, right. So go from A to Z and, and, and some of them are just ramping it up. And then there's another one who is very broken hearted and was feeling so stuck she couldn't see a way forward and she was young and now it's like whoa and it's uh -huh. so exciting because I'm I'm on the other side watching them and I keep saying to them I love this like are you acknowledging how far you've come in just a few weeks and it's keeping up that continuous you know, acknowledgement of yourself and loving yourself and knowing that you are a powerful woman, a powerful man, um, and really stepping into it and standing it. Like I visually see myself, like when I'm in my, in my well of deepness, I call it the deep dark ocean. I actually have this vision and I didn't create it. It came to me where I'm climbing up this sandstone wall of a well and I'm just moving from black into the light where I'm coming up and then like my goddesses are there and it's just like I'm coming out, you know, I'm coming up and I step out into the, the brightness and the life force of me. Uh -huh. Right. I love that. It's yeah, it's really, really, really important that we learn those techniques to reconnect with our life force energy. And you're right, you know, our word is manifests our reality. So again, the, the broken on, on a bigger, big picture, you know, we are God, we are goddesses, right? Yeah. In the one of my mentors says, in the absence of self-doubt, we are all gods. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to say that, and, and I don't, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, that for me personally, I don't use the word God because it associates, oh, for me, associates so many projections yeah. and the patriarchy. So um, some people might hear me say that and they go, but it's all that. And I go, no, that's just me. You say what you like, you know. You say what you like. And, and also that is a clue that there's still unresolved hurt and and issues there if people are still ah you can't say the word god well 
then that means you can't say the word sex too. You can't say the word, you know, there's so many things that we've made wrong. And the object of our show today is to look into it. You know, it's it's our own judgment. It's all, it's our own unresolved, sorry about the siren. It's all about our unresolved hurt and um, trauma that's still lingering. It's really important that uh, someone like you can guide people to their healing so that they can access and unleash and unlock their power and pleasure. And pleasure is, again, one of the things that has been made wrong and selfish. Pleasure is so important and it can be so simple. It can be like, so simple. It can be yeah. so simple. It can be biting into a luscious piece of fruit. Yeah. It can be smelling your favorite perfume. It can be standing in the garden and just, you know, listening to the whisper of the leaves or the chirps and chatting of the birds. Like, right. what is pleasure? And that's what I invite people to. But what is pleasure for you? It doesn't yeah. have to be anything complicated or complex. Right, right. And, and that's why... Now they've taken God out of uh, the context. Now it's all about distorted, um, really, you know, sex has become dirty because of uh, the, the sacredness of it was taken away. It was made wrong. It was made evil. Yeah. Um, so, and and we got to do something about that. We shift that perspective. And I know you have a deck of cards that's coming out. Um, that can really help people connect with their passion, their sensuality. You want to share about that? Oh, I would love to, love to, love to. So I've created a fragrant oracle. And for me, you know, with that Scorpio energy and working with sacred sensuality, these cards have to be, they must be sexy and sensual. <laughs> and so um, I'm doing 44 cards and now I'm thinking gosh there could easily be 60 but that might be the second edition and there's 44 cards so each one is an essential oil and I've really brought in um, the sacred sensuality and sexuality of women so they're just gorgeous okay like you know the boobs are out they're done in style and their sketches with beautiful colors and they're a very 1920s baroque style um, and so for example like rose she is a baroque queen you know and she's got a beautiful gown on with a gold bodice and a, a gold um you know uh neck thing i don't know what they're called and her boobs are falling out you know like a venus venusian um, courtesan because Rose is ruled by Venus and Queen and Rose they're all about receiving so it's all about you can use these cards to tap into the essence of the essential oil and the archetype and use them pull a card a day for an essential oil a day you can use them intuitively pull cards to create a perfume of the week or the month I incorporate essentials because they're like a tarot deck for me into my astrology readings. So, and I do these cosmic alchemy readings where I pull astrology cards and then I bring in the essential oils. So you've got the energy of the cosmos to work with, like the stars and the planets, and then the physical aspect with the essential oils so you can bring them together. And then you create an intention and a ritual with it. So I've got a Kickstarter happening. So if you're interested, I would love to share my Kickstarter. I'm 74% there. Um, I probably, wow, congratulations. Thank you. Well, I went low in the Kickstarter. I actually need more because I plan to run a second one. So my aim is that if we can go over that, then I won't have to run a second Kickstarter. Oh, nice. But they're a beautiful addition to anybody that loves playing with the oracles or the tarot. They will work with anything. And I'm creating a really beautiful PDF, how to use them, when to use them, why to use them, the um, essential oil qualities on an emotional, psychological, magical and energetic level. 
mm -hmm. rituals that you can do as well. And they're perfect for people that love the idea of essential oils but can't use them. Mm -hmm. So they can tap into the energy of the card. So good question um, before I let you go. So mom's, my mom's uh, name is Rose. Mm, beautiful. So if I pick, pick the, the card, which is Rose, what will, what's that message? Okay, so I, I, I invite everybody to be intuitive when and allow what message comes into them, but I can give you some key qualities. So Rose is about standing in our sovereignty. It is about receiving. Uh -huh. Rose is ruled by Venus and is the queen archetype. She's the mm. queen of the garden. So, you know, not only does she give, nourish and nurture, she's in her truth. She's grace. She's eloquence, elegance. She is about receiving, you know, mm. and imagine that you are that beautiful queen and that you are receiving. And of course, being ruled by Venus, there's all that love, beauty, abundance, prosperity that comes with that energy. And then rose itself, rose essential oil is an amazing, it does so many things on so many levels, but it's a heart chakra, it's a sacral and base chakra. It's also the higher chakras. So she mm -hmm. is the very sacred central woman of regal intent you know she's the queen and i'm not talking about the queen of england either i'm talking about <laughs> our archetypal energy of right the queen i love that <laughs> i yeah. love that so so whoever's listening to this whoever's viewing this just tap into that what is possible if you really step into the rose i love it what is not possible is more the question. What is not possible? Yeah. Because we open up and it's like, you know, and as I, every decade, like I'm in my 60s now, I'm about to turn 63. And every decade that I go into, and I'm, I've got friends that are much younger than me of all ages and women I know in my dance class who are in their 70s. And I go, you know, what's it like? And they go, fucking fantastic. It just keeps getting better, you know. Yes. Like, well, so I'm going to be a centurion plus dancing on oh, the streets. My God, I am more alive in my 50s than when I was in my 30s or 20s. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. The difference is the, yeah. the, that connected, reconnecting and really reigniting our, what I call soul power, what you call witchcraft or witch sacred sensual isn't but yeah it's the rich witch you know and some people go oh I don't resonate with that because they immediately go into money well it is about that but it's about being rich in life rich, rich richness in yeah mm, like yeah. a dark chocolate yum oh yum, yum. <laughs> that is a sexy essential oil chocolate cacao unlocks hidden yearnings oh, it's decadent and sexy and very lilith it's amazing wow yeah and yeah your yearnings guys they are not dangerous you know <laughs> pleasure desire it's desire. Uh, your, what do you desire yeah yeah so really so allow yourself to get there. Uh, Julie, please pop your link in the comments. Uh, I wish you the best. 74%. Oh, my God. Great job. Great, great yeah. job. I, I want to get to 200%. <laughs> awesome. 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 Thank you so well, much. That's good. Thank you so much. This is really good. So, uh, yeah, which, just like the word God, has very negative connotations to it. Absolutely. I hope that you guys got um, some different perspective um, and also kind of do your own research. You know, why did Christianity um, abolish uh, a band? Kind of like we are being banned right now. I'm just going to go and say it. Yeah. We are being banned. We are being censored. We are being limited. And I think it is because they are afraid of our sovereign power we are 
Absolutely. We cannot be controlled when we step into our sovereign power, when we step into the roles. Yeah. So, ha. And I have so my mother is... <laughs> oh, my sorry, mother is I've speaking got... to us <laughs> yeah, well i actually have some things to say um about our carrie chant and gladys b here because i have my own little theory about that because we've fought really hard to have women in pol you know in politics here and in high places and it's really interesting because you look at those two and it's like they are the worst role models we could have for women in politics and then I and I've been saying to people has this been planned is this so they can say see women can't do it it's like that's just a thought I have totally off subject but it's like they are the worst female roles for being politicians well, they were planted right were they voted in or I think they were planted <laughs> kind of like the one we have here for a role model for a woman. So yeah, um, yeah everything's been bastardized and hijacked. Yeah. yeah, no, no. They're playing on the ego wick need yeah. for a woman to represent, but it's, it's really not the sacred feminine that uh, you and I know what that is like. We, we know the difference because we've, we've stepped into it. They are not in um, their feminine power at all. They are no, they very are masculine. Very women. masculine. Yeah, mm -hmm. they are suppressed women. They have no power. You only have to look at how it's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. anyway, yeah. That's top so good. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit like that, but thank you for sharing that. Uh, really, really important to step into our natural essence, whether it's a masculine or a feminine. Um, you know, honor yourself, love yourself enough to know what your natural, powerful essence is. And that's, that's how we rise above crimes against humanity and return the soul power to the people. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. So it's beautiful. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind, take back your voice, take back your soul, take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.